Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year has gone by incredibly quickly, but it's always nice to pause and take stock. What's something you're proud of in 2024 so far? What's something you still want to accomplish this year? I know I'm guilty of falling into a routine and not always thinking about the bigger picture, but as the great Ferris Bueller once said, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you can miss it. So it's crucial to take a moment to celebrate your wins and make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you contextualize your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months. As you surely know by now, it's not only for people who have experienced major trauma. Therapy is helpful in all kinds of ways, including learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. If you've been considering trying therapy, check out BetterHelp. It's fully online and was specifically designed to be flexible and customizable to your schedule. To get started, just fill out a brief questionnaire that matches you up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com FilmDaily today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash film daily. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Tuesday, October 12th, 2021. On today's episode of the show, we're going to do another mini water cooler. My name is Ben Pearson. I am a senior writer at SlashFilm.com, and I'm joined on today's episode by Slash Film senior writer and chief film critic, Chris Evangelista. Oh, hello. All right, Chris, let's just get straight into what we've been watching. I just did one of these episodes yesterday with HT, but there are a couple things that I've seen recently that I uh, I wanted to talk with you about. The first of which is a movie that um, I feel like we've talked about on the podcast before. I have not because it's a first watch for me, but I, I vaguely recall maybe like a year or two ago. Uh, this podcast has been going for a long time now. Um, somebody mentioning watching this, it may have been you, it may have been HD, but I saw this film called House that came out in 1977. It is a Japanese, uh, it's listed on Wikipedia as a, a comedy horror film. And uh, man, what a movie this is. This thing is freaking bonkers. I watched it on the Criterion channel. Um, I think it's also on HBO Max uh, right now. If you're interested in a movie that is sort of... Um, you know, completely out there in terms of uh, like, you know, 15 minutes into this movie, Chris, a guy falls down the stairs and lands in a bucket, which spins him around out of control. Like he's a cartoon character. And that is like the 30 or 40th 
you know, m- most weird thing that happens in this movie. This this film is just incredibly, incredibly strange. Um, but do you have any uh, any thoughts on this this movie, House? Uh, it's wild. It's a it's a wild and crazy movie. It's it's very unique. Uh, I know. I feel like some people would watch this and be like, "I hate this because it's it's so strange. I hate what I'm seeing." But uh, for those who can get on its weird wavelength, I think uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a movie where a piano eats someone. Um, so just to sort of like set the stage of, of the type of expectations, it's it's full of really, really bizarre, surreal, dreamlike imagery. Um, but yeah, I would say like, you know, the month of October is a good time to watch this. If you're, uh, if you have like a, a cycle of uh, Halloween or horror related movies that you sort of go through every year and you're looking for something that you've never seen before to, to sort of throw into the mix and mix things up a little bit. Uh, this one will certainly give you some stuff that you probably haven't seen before. There's, there's a lot, at one point a guy turns into a bunch of bananas. I mean, just like it, it, trying to even describe the plot of this film, I feel like is a fool's errand, but, uh, I watched it and it's real weird. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't even know if I would say that I liked it. It's, it's just, um, a really, uh, unique viewing experience. So that movie is called house. If you want to check that out. Um, Okay, Chris, I watched the the new Mortal Kombat movie as well. I watched that uh, on uh-huh. HBO Max this morning. Um, I remember you talking about this right after you saw it originally when it came out earlier this year. And I, I think my thoughts on this sort of align with what you were saying. Like, you know, it, it's a movie that that falls prey to that, uh, that oh-so-common um, uh, trip up that, that so many... Hollywood movies seem to fall into the, the, the trap these days of like uh, making a pre movie instead of just making a movie. Yeah. Um, so that is really annoying. Uh, I, I think a lot was made about the fact that there is no tournament in this movie. And then I saw like some pushback to that, like, Oh, there doesn't need to be a, a tournament in a Mortal Kombat movie. I'm here to tell you there does need to be yes. a tournament in a Mortal Kombat. There movie needs that... to be Mortal Kombat in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's in the title. Yeah. It's just, um, the film just needed structure. Like I, I kind of can, you know, uh, from a macro perspective, see that they were trying to do things a little bit differently. I just think, the the reason that movies like that and Bloodsport and uh, this Jean Claude Van Damme movie called The Quest that came out in like the nineties, the these sort of um, you know tournament style battle movies, the reason they work so well is because they have this super familiar structure and the um, the creativity and like the the fun of those movies is seeing what these different filmmakers can do within the confines of those structures. So breaking them up entirely. In, in a movie that is so expected to have that, that sort of strict, um, you know, the, those walls that are like clearly defined around the edges of the story to just completely knock those walls down or, or not even like enter the room to stretch the metaphor e- even further uh, is um, it's certainly a choice. And it's not really one that I respected too much. Um, I mean, some of the acting is okay. Some of the, you know, the guy who plays Kano uh, it, that seems like a role that, looks really really fun on the page and that guy brought a lot uh even even more to it than than what was on the page that's like certainly the most entertaining character in the movie um but yeah like the the rest of the of the characters are like pretty grave all the way through it does this movie does not have the sense of fun 
that the uh, really goofy Paul W.S. Anderson movie from the 90s had. So that was a little bit of a bummer. I, I kind of feel like if you're making a Mortal Kombat movie, you, you need to be aware of like the inherent silliness in what's going on there. And this movie chose to, to take everything pretty seriously, uh, which again, uh, a choice. And, and it, I guess it could have worked maybe in, in more deft hands, but um, I don't know. This one felt a little flat for me. So uh, I was a little bummed by Mortal Kombat, but uh, <laughs> it's bad. It's a bad movie. <laughs> it's, it's a bad movie. I'm guessing most people probably weren't expecting too much from that one anyway. Although I will say, I guess if a sequel well, if a sequel, when a sequel inevitably comes out, I will be interested to see what they do with that. Because now that all of this stuff is is fully out of the way, uh, maybe they can tell the story that arguably they could have told, you know, the first time around. So um, give me Mortal Kombat 2. But uh, yeah, I wasn't really thrilled with the 2021 version. Um, all right. So Chris, we have not really talked about the second season of Ted Lasso very much. I think so far on this podcast, we probably mentioned it one time, like midway through the season. There was there was that one little stretch of like two or three weeks where everybody's like, Ted Lasso sucks now. And then the internet seemed to have uh, moved on from that opinion. So I'm curious what you thought about Ted Lasso overall. Um, I guess we can give maybe a spoiler warning for what happens in the finale since it's been, yeah. what, a week now since, since it's happened. So if you don't want to know anything about the... Ted Lasso season two finale. Uh, please fast forward now. We're going to spoil that and giving you just a few more seconds to to fast forward. But uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on on the season as a whole? Uh, I liked it. I I feel you know I don't want to judge people for interpreting art certain ways, but I feel like a lot of people do not know how to watch things right now, and I think the reason there was a considerable backlash to this season. Uh, was because a lot of people discovered that first season kind of after the fact and they they binged it because it was all I, I think very few people were watching that live as it dropped you know weekly on mm-hmm. Apple and uh, whereas this season everyone was knew what it was and they were watching it as it aired weekly and it 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 didn't give you everything you wanted right away. It, it spaced its story out, which is what a good, you know, episodic show should do. You shouldn't get everything at once. And I feel like people are out of practice with that because they're so used to like binging things. And so I would, and like, I would see people complain about stuff that I knew would happen because I'd seen screeners in advance. And I, I just want to be like, you know, hold your horses because sooner or later you're going to get, answers you want you're just not going to get them all in the first friggin three episodes but (laughs) but um and yes and so yeah a lot of the characters changed but again that's what you should have your characters should change in different ways and not all change has to be good like i understand that the show is warm and fuzzy and kind and i you know i love that about the show but i also like that this season was willing to take a lot of risks with pretty much all not not all its characters but a lot of its characters and have them make choices that you know we wouldn't always agree with because that's that's what people do sometimes people make really shitty choices and i i thought it was interesting that the show was willing to let characters do that whether we liked it or not yeah i agree i think um the nate storyline in particular i mean he's he's done a full on heel turn by the end of uh, of the season and right. I, I think um you know, uh, I guess 
to compare it to something like Game of Thrones, where a character does something and sort of takes a turn at the end of the the final season of that show that a lot of people thought was not justified or like uh, the breadcrumbs weren't properly laid out for for that kind of a of a reveal or turn, if you want to call it that. I think if you look at what happened in Ted Lasso season two, the the, um, the Nate storyline makes total sense to me. Like you know, Absolutely. they were they were placing those seeds all all throughout this entire season from like the first episode or two where he's like treating the new um the new kit boy what is his name will i think uh treating him just like absolute garbage like you can you can tell that um something is off with that character i'm curious what you think though about whether or not the show uh because as far as we know it's only going to be a three season show so we're more than halfway through and we only have one season to go do you think that the show wants to redeem the Nate character by yeah. the because they're leaning so hard into him being the villain, especially with that final shot of the season. Yeah. I, I do think they'll have some sort of redemption for him. It might not be like a complete turnaround where he's like, oh, I've, I was wrong and I've learned the error of my ways. But I do think, I mean, first of all, like Ted Lasso as a character is very forgiving. So he's not going to be like, holding a grudge so i do think they'll work it out and i you know again like you said i do think all the all the seeds were planted i mean all the stuff where they show him where they show nate interacting with his father like perfectly sets up yeah why nate is the way he is because you know he's has this really toxic shitty relationship with his father who just doesn't clearly doesn't care about what he does and Mm -hmm. you know that that rubs off on people that that you know it's like in you know it's like inherited trauma in a way and mm-hmm. so uh you know i i don't think you know things i'm saying and i you know a lot but i don't think <laughs> they're gonna like wrap it up in a very neat and tidy way and they shouldn't i feel like they should you know make it feel like a natural redemption but i do think there will be some sort of redemption i wonder if the uh the sort of like uh, the thing that you alluded to earlier with the way that people seem to have forgotten how to watch the show, if anything, um, if, if part of the reason for that was because this season had two more episodes than the previous season and uh, Bill Lawrence, who's like one of the co-creators and and the showrunner, I I heard an interview with him where he was saying like Apple basically said like, Hey, that this first season performed so well, like, do you want two extra episodes? And they were kind of like, uh, yeah, like they had already, basically figured out what they were going to do for season two, but they were like, Oh yeah, I guess we can, we can take this extra time. So they did the Christmas episode. And then the episode where, um, where coach beard like goes around and it's like the after hours yeah. uh, episode. And, and Lawrence was saying on this podcast, like uh, I think it was the, the Hollywood reporter top five podcast. He was saying like, you know, in, in, in hindsight, maybe he could have or should have done the Christmas episode, like hung on to that and released it around Christmas time this year as like a special, almost like a, a surprise thing that's not really part of the, the, of the quote unquote season. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I feel like that might have helped a lot because that Christmas episode, as much as people like raved about that at the time in terms of like, oh, this is one of the best Christmas episodes I've ever seen. It really feels completely out of left field. <laughs> like the every, every, um, narrative arc of the season just is put on complete hold for that one episode not to and then, mention they like confirm santa claus is real <laughs> which just seems a, a you know i like that episode but that seemed like a bridge too far for me where it's like also santa is real like yeah. Ah, or, uh yeah 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 um 
so yeah, I'm curious to see what happens with the end of the show. I'm I'm uh, I'm especially curious to see what happens with that with that Nate character and and if the the show. I, I tend to agree with you, Chris, that they're gonna um, that you know, especially based on the kind of arcs that we've seen play out thus far. I'm thinking specifically of like uh, Jamie Tart, like you know that he was a, a full on hated villain basically in the, in yeah. the first season, um, and he is like. Uh, eased up significantly in season two. So I, I think there's definitely room um, for a, a redemption if they choose to go that way. So, uh, all right. What have you been watching recently? Uh, I watched Squid Game, which is that the show everyone is talking about. I actually just finished it up. And, uh, you know, uh, this is, so many things don't live up to the hype. And and this really did for the most part. I, I actually didn't love the last episode. I felt like the last episode was kind of like, oh, is that it? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Every, everything up until that was, was really good and really uh, intense. And just from like a filmmaking standpoint, I loved the way the show looked and the, the production design and everything. And so, uh, you know, I do think this is something that lives up to the hype, save for that that final episode, which is, I don't know, it just felt, it felt like they were setting up a second season, but as far as I know, there isn't going to be one. So I don't, I don't know. Oh, really, interesting. Like, I mean, they haven't announced it yet. Maybe they will. I'm, and it was such a hit that it probably will get one, but I was under the impression that this was going to be like a limited one, one in done thing, but hmm. maybe not. I don't know. So, uh, so here's a, a goofy question for you, Chris. What, uh, if you were forced to play one of the games, which one do you think you would perform the best at? Oh man, no, I would die so quickly. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's, I mean, it can't possibly be the tempered glass one because no, as far def- as I know, you're not an expert in, uh, in no, tempered glass. Def- you didn't spend your time working at a glass factory. Yeah, I can't, I'm trying to... <sighs> not, I, I really don't think I, I do well in any of them. I, I mean, maybe... No, I would die every single time. <laughs> Maybe if you s- lucked into picking the circle in that that uh, that sort of cookie one that where they like chip things away, that one seemed maybe the yeah. easiest uh, easiest I way guess. to do it. Yeah, I guess that one would be you know. Oh. Yeah, I would. I would, or I would just be like that woman who doesn't get picked for that one. And she gets to hang oh, out yeah. in bed. That would be me. Like I'm gonna hang out in the bed while you guys risk your lives. <laughs> oh. uh, what did you think about the? Um, the undercover police officer subplot and the that whole thing. That was the thing that I was like, eh. Like I was I was okay with it at first, but the way they wrap it up, it was just like, what the hell? Like <laughs> I don't understand what like ultimately happened there. And yeah, like I I mean, I know he got shot and fell off a cliff, but I mean it it just felt like that went literally nowhere. And the same thing with the like the organ harvesting. Like that was they yeah. set that up and then like they wrapped that up almost immediately. And it was like, I don't know why they even put this in here other than to pad the episodes. But, you know, other than those complaints, I, I really did like it a lot. Yeah. I was telling HT yesterday, I kind of wish that they had underlined further the, um, like the idea that, uh, that this whole thing is a, a critique on, you know, capitalism. I think it, it's pretty clear for the first few episodes that it is, but it kind of loses the thread by the end. Like I, I was hoping that there would be something where it's like very clear that, um, you know, the, the super rich are making a ton of money off this and maybe like government corruption is involved and that explains how this thing has been going on and maybe they're punting some of the, that stuff until season two. But, um, yeah, it just felt like they, they couldn't quite, um, close the loop on, on, uh, 
uh, like, you know, the thematic uh, message that they were trying to deliver throughout the whole season. It seemed like everything was going so well. And then the last, I don't know, I would say couple episodes, it just sort of like lost some steam there. And like the, the police officer subplot, I think, is a good example of like, oh, this is, you know, great and, and uh, intriguing and compelling to watch. And then like, it's revealed that the uh, the front man is the guy's brother. And then yeah. like, that's kind of it. Like there's, yeah, there's just nothing to it. Like it, it kind of landed with a little bit of a thud. And you, you would think that um, that would pack a little bit more of an emotional punch. Like, and- I thought they were trying to imply that whoever wins becomes the new top man. I thought that's where it was going. It yeah. was like, oh, whoever wins this one is going to become the new top man. And no, that wasn't what happened at all. So I was like, I don't... <laughs> I just don't get it. Yeah, yeah. I have some questions for sure. But um, but yeah, overall, I mean, I, I love the aesthetics of the show and the the performances I thought were really, really wonderful across the board. I think, you know, one of the, th- the saddest thoughts that crossed my head while watching this thing was like, well, it's probably not going to be too long until one or multiple of these actors are pulled into like, you know, the next big franchise yeah. uh, blockbuster kind of thing, which is like uh, maybe a sad state of affairs uh, for, for how Hollywood operates right now. But um, also like good for them if that ends up happening. Hopefully it does because yeah. uh, maybe it'll give them a chance to, uh, to you know, uh, attain more cachet that they can spend on on other interesting stuff elsewhere. So. Um, all right. What else have you been watching, Chris? Uh, I saw The Last Duel, which is the new uh, Ridley Scott movie. One of the two new Ridley Scott movies. He also has House of Gucci coming out soon. And uh, You haven't seen House of Gucci. I have not you? seen that one yet, okay. but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But uh, this is it's based on a true story, although it's obviously heavily fictionalized. Uh, but set in the 1300s in France. And uh, Matt Damon plays a knight. Adam Driver plays a squire, which isn't quite a knight. And they they start out as friends, but over uh, over a period of time, Adam Driver's character keeps sort of climbing the social rank and making Matt Damon angry. And then uh, Matt Damon's wife, played by Jodie Comer, uh, accuses Adam Driver's character of rape and so that sets the stage for a duel where uh adam driver and matt damon's character are going to fight to the death and uh uh, you know under the rules of the time if matt damon's character loses the duel that means in the eyes of the law uh the accusation of rape was false and uh jodie comer's character would be put to death immediately after her husband dies in the duel so there's a lot of tense stakes there but um, I was expecting sort of a straightforward medieval uh, epic, you know, stuff like Ridley Scott has done before with like Kingdom of Heaven or, or it's not medieval, but, you know, like Gladiator, those mm-hmm. historical epics. And uh, instead, this really surprised me because there's a really clever screenplay. Um, it, it takes like the, the Rashomon approach where it tells it tells its story from three different perspectives. It tells it first from Matt Damon's character's perspective then from Adam Driver's character's perspective, and then finally from Jodie Comer's perspective. So we're seeing the same scenes over and over again, but they're slightly different based on whose perspective it is. And I found that like a really clever way to tackle this story because they could have just done it very straightforward. And so I thought that, you know, that approach made it a lot more interesting than I thought it was going to be. So I really enjoyed this as this is probably going to be like on my, my best of the year list. I thought it was that good. So let me ask you, do you think, um, I guess without spoiling it, can you answer whether or not the movie, uh, uh, 
backs one of those three particular yes. visions. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I was curious if it uh, had the the conviction to um, to like say, okay, this is the one that is real. Yeah. Um, so, and again, I know this is kind of tough to talk about without spoiling the movie, but Chris, like when I first heard, okay, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are co-writing the screenplay for this. Yeah. Uh, Nicole Hol- Holof Center was also brought in. I know that she wrote the, uh, the female perspective. Um, so, you know, my, my first thought was when this was first announced was like, okay, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are, um, you know, I, I really enjoy their work as actors and, and as storytellers. Uh, they, how shall I put this? Uh, they've put their foot in their mouth, um, yeah. several times, uh, over the course of their career in, in many different areas and, uh, are maybe not like the, um, the best equipped people to tell a story, with such a um, a high trigger uh, right. plot line as this one, so uh, w- what did you make of the way that they handled this material? And and I mean, I guess Ridley Scott uh, it seems like a little bit of an outlier in that case too. So this right. is an odd collection of people to tell this specific story, and it sounds like that that ended up not being too much of a problem in this film. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to say it's like not. Uh, unpleasant to watch uh, the sexual assault scenes, mm. but because uh, you you see it twice, you see it once from the Adam Driver perspective and once from Jodie Comer's perspective, and obviously it's it's not pleasant to watch, but it shouldn't be pleasant to watch. But I I feel like the film is a lot uh, smarter than I thought it was going to be because I I had those wonders too because you know those uh, those guys aren't you know I think they're they're mostly good guys but you know like you said they've they've said some dumb male things over the years <laughs> but i you know i feel like that they handle all this with a particular amount of of nuance um you know uh, to be clear it's a it's a brutal movie not just the you know the sexual assault it's it's very violent it's like one of the most violent films i've seen in a long time wow it's like they don't skimp on you know people getting horribly stabbed and stuff like that. So it's a brutal movie, but I do think the script is a lot more intelligent than I was expecting it to be. So I I give the film a lot of credit for that. That's good news. I'm looking forward to it. Um, One of the things I'm not looking forward to, Chris, is ever watching Free Guy in my life. Uh, What if you loved this movie? I don't know what you thought about this film, but I I just cannot imagine this being something that you... (laughs) <laughs> that you would enjoy. So what did you think about Free Guy? I did not like this. And I, <laughs> I I am once again befuddled at the amount of people. Maybe it's just because people are just so desperate for something new or maybe they really liked it. I don't know, but I did not care for this at all. It was just grating and annoying and it's too long. And man, I don't know what happened to Taika Waititi. You know, I went from being like, I love this guy to like, I hope I never see this guy again. Oh no. (laughs) He just becomes so like obnoxious, especially in this movie. And granted, he's supposed to be playing an obnoxious character, but he takes it too far to the point where I was like, I don't want to watch his scenes. And he's in it a lot. (laughs) And just the humor is so lazy. And I, I, there's like nothing even like slightly funny in this. Like there's a part where because they're in the video game, Ryan Reynolds can summon up Captain America's shield. And they can also do that because this is a Disney movie. Yeah. And everyone's like watching the video game live. And when Ryan Reynolds gets the Captain America's shield, it cuts to Chris Evans in a coffee shop 
watching the live feed and he goes and he goes what the shit and then it cuts away and i was like that is not it's like the worst kind of humor that's like those like those parody movies like uh yeah the spartans (laughs) where the only thing they thought of was like we'll just reference stuff and not actually write jokes so that we'd be like Amy Winehouse, what are you doing here? It's like, that's what this fucking movie feels like. But it's like two hours of that. And I was like, who is enjoying this movie? I just don't understand it. Oh, no. It's just so cheap and so lazy. And uh, man, I've said this before. I I think Ryan Reynolds is a nice guy. He clearly seems like a nice guy. But I am sick of his shtick, man. I'm just so sick of his like every character he plays is just like constantly winking at the audience. And I'm just, I'm sick of it. Like take a break, Ryan Reynolds. You have enough money. I'm sure like you don't need to be working right now. Yeah, man, that is uh, I had heard about the captain America shield thing, um, but I had it's, not heard about the Chris Evans thing. And man, that just, uh, that takes it to a whole different level. And it's level. also like, I don't know, maybe this movie is just not, I'm not the target audience. Cause like, it's clearly geared towards, gamers which i am not and i didn't realize this because i don't know who the hell these people are but there's a bunch of like youtubers or twitchers i don't know what they're called mm-hmm, but the people mm-hmm. who the people who literally make a fortune by playing video games online somehow like they're all popping up in this movie as themselves but i don't know who any of these friggin' people are and i don't care <laughs> like what am i supposed to be impressed by this australian guy i don't give a shit get out of here so <laughs> like i just i don't know i i i am very surprised that this movie went over as well as it did with people. Um, I just, I don't, it's, it's just not for me. And, uh, but you know, if you like free guy, more power to you, but it is, it is not. And I know they're making a sequel and I cannot really, I'd never want to see that. So, <laughs> like I, I, I've learned my lesson. I have no interest in, in free guy to more, lazy jokes uh, yeah yikes okay well let's let's transition to hopefully to something that you enjoyed maybe a little bit more which is uh an, some more chucky has entered your life chris yes uh I, i'm a big child's play fan i actually think it's probably my favorite horror franchise which sounds kind of silly because wow these movie, movies are very silly but i just have a soft spot in my heart uh so i was excited for this for chucky the the tv series uh which has like all the original people back again like you know they made that remake which had nothing to do with the original people and now they have this which has uh don mancini who's the guy who created chucky and has written or directed almost every film in the series uh brad dorif is back as the voice of chucky jennifer tilly is but you know all the all the people you remember from the actual franchise are back so i was you know i was excited about this and uh for whatever reason they only gave the press the first four episodes. And I really hate when, when screeners are sent out like that. It happens a lot with TV shows and I wish it wouldn't because it's hard to write a review of something that's incomplete like this. And it, this felt really incomplete because those first four episodes, none of those other, like Jennifer Tilly's character and stuff, none of those people show up. The only one who shows up is Chucky. So they're building up towards those other characters, Mm. but none of them are there. And those first four episodes are really about, sort of setting things up about where Chucky is now and who he's interacting with now. So it just, it's really hard for me to judge the show. Like I wrote my review the best way I could because, you know, I had to, I had to write a review and I, I'm, you know, I tried to be as fair to the movie as I could be with, I mean, show to as I could be without seeing it all. But uh, I, I don't really know 
how I feel about it yet. Also, <laughs> the cuts I got were very raw. So there are multiple scenes where Chucky is on screen and I could see the puppeteer working him. <laughs> like they hadn't like digitally erased the puppeteer wow. yet. So it was really very odd to like have Chucky on the screen. And then there's like a guy in like a black leotard behind him, like shaking sticks around. And like, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I kind of wish like they had just waited until they had final cuts before sending them out because that didn't help things either. That seems like a kind of a fun mixture of like um, behind the scenes footage and the final product itself. Yes. So yeah. that's probably not something that's going to be, I don't know, maybe they'll have that on bonus features or something like what it actually looks like. Did it surprise you the way that um, the way that uh, the character was operated? Uh, I mean, I was happy to see that they, they, they're really sticking with practical stuff. Like the worst thing possible would be a shitty CGI Chucky walking around. So mm-hmm. I'm glad they really are, are hammering home the practical effects. But yeah, it's, it's a little jarring when you're not used to seeing some guy standing behind Chucky <laughs> and shaking him around. So yeah, I was like, Oh, that's, that's weird. Do you know how many episodes are supposed to be in this whole season? I do not know that. And I wish okay. I did, but um, um, I think it's going to be, no, I have no idea. <laughs> well, the only other question I have is like, you know, there've been, uh, okay, first of all, just to, to give you some context from my familiarity with this, I've seen, I think, ch- the first Child's Play and maybe Child's Play 2. And that's as far as my Chucky knowledge goes. Uh, but I know there are several more movies in, in this franchise. And you just mentioned that remake. So where does this, is, is this, um, I know that all the, the original people are back, but is this like starting fresh? Is it a reboot? Is it a continuation? Of, it's a, it's a they continuation. they skip over the reboot altogether? Like yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> okay. So the reboot isn't addressed at all, but everything else here is supposed to be within the continuity of the main series. So, okay. But it's not like, based on those four episodes, it's not like, to the point where I'm, if you hadn't seen the movies, you wouldn't know what the hell is going on. But mm-hmm. maybe maybe it gets like that. I don't know. So I remember when Bride of Chucky came out in theaters. I didn't see that movie, but I remember the trailers and just being like, wow, there's a, a female Chucky now. <laughs> like this is So is that a thing where, um, where Jennifer Tilly, I know she did the voice of that character. Uh, it, has, that, um, has that character uh, reverted back into human form or okay, is she so, just vo- voicing uh, the female doll again? All right. So here's where things get really silly, Ben. So uh, this is a, some, some child's play history for you. So in Bride of Chucky, Jennifer Tilly's character, who is revealed to be, uh, you know, Chucky before he was Chucky was a, a serial killer named Charles Lee Ray. And we learned that uh, this female character, whose name is Tiffany was his girlfriend. And, she uh, brings him back to life in Bride of Chucky. And then uh, a bunch of stuff happens and she gets turned into a doll too. Then in Seed of Chucky, the film that comes directly after this, uh, Chucky and uh, Tiffany, they go to Hollywood and Tiffany eventually (laughs) goes into the body of Jennifer Tilly, the real Jennifer Tilly who's playing herself. (laughs) So technically the, the person we see walking around now in the current continuity of child's play, that's technically the real Jennifer Tilly possessed by the Tiffany character. So that's why she's human again. So 
It's a very strange meta series. Oh man, I'm so glad I asked that question. My <laughs> life is enriched now knowing this information. I'm so glad. All right. Uh, so where can people watch Chucky, Chris, if they want to check this out? What uh, network is it, it is, or streaming service? Jointly on Sci-Fi and USA. And I think you can get it through like the Hulu live TV option, but it's not like automatically on there. Huh. I never would have guessed that. What a weird location yeah. for, <laughs> for this show. Okay. Uh, Sci-fi in USA. And that is Chucky, the new TV series. All right. I think that's going to bring us to the end of today's episode of Slash Film Daily. We have a very big episode in store for you guys tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. You can find more about the stories that we mentioned on today's show uh, or the the properties rather at slashfilm.com and linked inside uh, the show notes of this episode. Slashfilm Daily is published every weekday, bringing you the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site. You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns, and mailbag topics to us at peter at slashfilm.com. Make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, spread the word. Thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you tomorrow.